0: Hello and welcome to Mashmouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan.
1: And I'm Vanessa.
0: Vanessa, hello and welcome to the show. We're just going to jump right into this episode because, once again, we don't really have much to say in terms of an opening (laughs) topic, which has become a bit of the norm for us. We're going to kind of figure out what we're going to do with that situation as we move forward with the show.
1: Yeah, if any of our listeners have anything that they want to hear us talk about, please let us know. We need we need topics.
0: <laughs> yeah, write in. Ask us questions. We'll do maybe a Q&A <laughs> in the beginning of the show.
1: Five-minute Q&A, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, so... In this episode, Big Mac, contrary to what I thought it would be about, which is uh, Hawkeye wanting to get McDonald's, uh, (laughs) General MacArthur is planning a visit to the 4077. This sends everyone into a tizzy as they try to get the camp prepared for the visit, except for Hawkeye and Trapper, of course, who are pretty nonchalant about this whole affair. <laughs> Vanessa, what did you think about this episode?
1: Well, now that you mention it, I think that this episode would have been a lot more interesting if we had, like, the Adam's Rib spinoff of, <laughs> 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 um, of Hawkeye really just wanting fast food, chain McDonald's, you know, a Big Mac, um... <laughs> But I thought this episode was fine. There was nothing inherently wrong with it. There was no... uh, There was nothing that made me cringe or hate it or anything like that. It was just like a very middle-of-the-road sitcom episode. All I can say is it was fine.
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree, which is maybe the worst thing an episode could be in terms of our podcast. Like, oh no, how dare a sitcom episode just be like something you could watch and not talk about for... An hour, but you know it was fine. It was a good like y military episode, very classic setup, and like I like the end of it, like how it sort of paid off was was funny and like very classical mm-hmm. sitcom subversion kind of thing. And the the final image really with a uh, clinger, I thought was <laughs> like the height of the show. Really it was very good. And we'll get into that. Very um, good. But as far as this episode goes, yeah. Nothing wrong with it, and it's not, like, trying to be, like, the height of television comedy, so it's hard to fault it, you know? It's just, like, one of... It's it's another episode. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so let's get into the episode. I don't... I know that we always say... We don't have a lot to say, and then we end up saying a lot, but I just... I don't think that there's too much to say about this episode. I liked how... Going with the theme from last week of Henry just kind of being done, I liked how frank and hawkeye were kind of going at each other and instead of henry being like hey guys knock it off he was just like here we go okay it's happening Mm -hmm. again um so that that made me laugh right off the bat loved that
0: this opening or scene i thought was kind of odd because it was a Hawkeye was, like, practicing with a medical textbook as he was doing the surgery. Yeah, And, like, Frank and Margaret were like, ha, 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 look at that idiot looking up information (laughs) so he can properly perform this procedure. Like, that's, I feel like a real doctor, and I know these aren't real doctors, they're television characters, Mm -hmm. but if, like, that was happening, you wouldn't, like, scold them. You'd be like, okay, clearly he needs some assistance, you know, but, like, I guess... Hawkeye is Mr. I'm a good surgeon, so the second that shield kind of crumbles a bit, Frank is gonna jump at the opportunity? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I thought that this was interesting, Um, just, like, on a realistic note of, if they did have to consult textbooks like that on a semi-regular basis, if they didn't know what was happening, because, right, they're doing in the context of the show, they're doing meatball surgery, which is just patching them up enough to get them, you know, to save like a leg or an arm or whatever the case is. And then Hawkeye said he's doing a more orthopedic surgery. So, you know, he's not supposed to be an orthopedic specialist. He is, well, in context, he is a chest specialist. I don't know if we had got to that yet. Oh, but is he? he is- yeah, I think that it was mentioned a couple of times in the show that he is like the best chest cutter around, like so he specializes in more chest wounds. Um but anyway, but besides that, Um, I do just wonder how much they might have had to actually consult textbooks of like if something was like very precise that they needed to do to in order to like save a spine or a leg or whatever the case was and then also it got me thinking of back before the internet (laughs) did they have to consult these textbooks to do this stuff you know when they didn't have a specialist around because what else were they going to do right so that I don't know that just kind of put it into perspective for me like the time period and how that would have carried over from like the fifties to the seventies. Cause they didn't have the internet then either. So I don't know. That was just, that was just like an interesting little thing for me.
0: Any medical professionals who may or may not listen to this show, please write in. Did you have to consult <laughs> textbooks pre-internet? I suppose we could look that up on the internet, but it'd be a lot more fun to get it like a yeah. nice message about it.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so after this, you know, little quirky OR scene as we usually get in the beginning of the episodes. We find out that basically General MacArthur is coming. (laughs) And this was funny because Radar just freaked out. Um, Henry had to leave the OR. Henry was just like, Wow, this is insane. I'm going to be able to charge a bunch more for a tonsillectomy or whatever it was because I met General MacArthur.
0: (laughs) He gets to charge $75 for a tonsillectomy and not $50. Now, I don't really know what the conversion rate is on that, but I feel like that's a pretty good price for a tonsillectomy.
1: I would say so. I would say so. It's funny because we had this whole discussion about profiting off of the war and I was like, well, I guess nobody is immune. <laughs> even Henry.
0: <laughs> right. He'll become hometown hero and therefore <laughs> be able to jack up his celebrity status. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but not to not to make the episode sour immediately, but it made me sad because even though, you know, Henry should probably not be, like, jacking up his prices, <laughs> like, providing health care to, you know, people, Um. It was really sad because he doesn't—he uh, like doesn't get to do that <laughs> at the end of this season, and that's like that's so sad to like hear any of Henry's plans for when he goes home. Uh, it just—it makes me so so upset.
0: I didn't even think about that. I, that was not on my radar for this week. <laughs> Sorry um, to bring you now down. Now you made me <laughs> so sad. My boy, Henry, doesn't get to manipulate his celebrity status as a local <laughs> hero.
1: Oh, yeah. It's um. one you mentioned in the beginning of this season that you knew that Henry was going home. So, like, seeing certain things made you sad. It just kind of put my tuners on for that. And so anytime that Henry mentions going home or what he's going to do at home, I'm like, oh, no, Henry. <laughs>
0: that is the the tragic fate unfortunately like oh i mean we'll talk about this when we get to it right but i don't think there's a single sitcom that is quite like mash where you're like this funny character that i like they have a terrible fate coming up
1: mm. halfway
0: through the show
1: mm. yeah that's uh, that's a hard one <laughs> But Mm. to bring it back, when they find out that General MacArthur is coming, a member of General MacArthur's staff, I think this colonel is, he has to come to the 4077 to brief them on, you know, what General MacArthur is going to do, like when he's going to come out of his Jeep and like when he's going to have lunch and what you have to say to him and how you have to address him and stuff like that. And I thought that this was the first bulk of the... (laughs) comedy in the episode and what so what did you what did you think about this scene
0: okay so obviously general macarthur like in real life was kind of the figurehead of the vietnam war so to speak so in the show they kind of make him into like the unseen final boss kind of of like not a villain let's say but someone who's like a looming threat who hawkeye and trapper can always like mention him and get like a joke out of that with him being such like a significant figure so in this episode i kind of knew that they were not going to have general MacArthur be a character on this show (laughs) like i feel like that would have been really weird Mm -hmm. um to have like a comedy actor of the time like portray this real man and like do mash comedy jokes around him so you know from the beginning it was like okay so he's either not showing up or he'll show up and they won't see his face or something Mm -hmm. so that did kind of take away from the tension of it because I I knew like what the conclusion would be you know if I was a little less savvy to how this would be produced, maybe I would be like, oh man, I can't wait to see General MacArthur. But Mm -hmm. because I am just like, of course he's not going to be here. So because I wasn't engaged in that tension, I was just kind of distracted, um, like thinking about other things. Like Mm -hmm. I thought that, uh, his assistant guy looked like Tobias Fumke for Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, he's just like a bald man with a mustache and glasses. But it was like, "Is that David Cross? Fifty years before <laughs> David Cross?" He kind of looked like
1: him. It could be. It could be like a distant <laughs> uncle. I feel. <laughs> but I agree. I remembered this episode, and I remembered its conclusion. Um, and I think that honestly. I would have liked the episode a little bit more, too. I know this is not really talking about the um <laughs> the briefing that they did, but I think I would have liked the episode a little bit more if it had been more of like an unknown general, but still a general who was really high-ranked or really prestigious or anything like that. Because I feel like the commentary that we'll get into that they kind of hint at in this episode... They would have been able to kind of play it out more. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that the writers of the show were probably willing to boldly criticize MacArthur like as they could have with like a fictitious general. So I think that's probably why I wasn't so hot on this episode because, you know, it's it's being around General MacArthur, but it's you don't see general macarthur really there's nothing really that has to do specifically with general macarthur that couldn't have been some other really prestigious general
0: yeah i definitely agree um i like the idea of using general macarthur like showing up on camp because he's such a recurring figure in the background for this show um, that like it's another thing that kind of adds to that final season vibe where you're like oh we're gonna finally meet General MacArthur Mm -hmm. and then they kind of don't but having the center around a fictitious higher-up general you're right would have given them a lot more license to center the episode around him and maybe give more like actual commentary on the sort of military bureaucracy complex that they always tend to do. Mm -hmm. But because General MacArthur was a real human being and I believe was still alive at this time, they they maybe shied away from uh, within the actual episode.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I have nothing really to back that thinking up the writers were thinking this but it just it seems to just make more sense in context and also just like the palate cleanser of the episode being kind of goofy and funny rather than more about commentary but to go back to the this one scene i wanted to say (laughs) so hawkeye suggests that macarthur should watch a surgery be performed because he's coming there because the 4077 is the best of the mash units in Korea at this point. So it would make sense, right, that he would watch a surgery be performed. Why wouldn't he? He's literally there for that purpose. And Frank says to Hawkeye, oh, don't be a simp. And (laughs) I... I was a bit confused because simp now in context does not mean, I think, what Frank was meaning it to mean, and I'm just okay. curious what your take was. What did you think that Frank meant?
0: <laughs> Vanessa, you don't have the uh, history lesson that I thought you would have. I wrote down the simp line and I was going to bring it up in lines, but I'll bring it up now. Simp used to be a uh, slang for simpleton.
1: Okay, that's see, that's what I thought, and I was like, okay, that makes the yeah. most sense. But I was like, I need Ethan's take on this because it's too funny in context for like yeah. what we use simp to mean now.
0: <laughs> I've definitely seen like the GIF of Frank Burns saying, "Don't be a simp," like in <laughs> in like wildly different context, but. Slightly tangential, but like that's even where the name like the Simpsons come from. It's mm-hmm. a play on simp, simpleton. Um, mm-hmm. so I knew that. It's funny that you did it because I, I always think that you're so much more smart and like historically Aww. connected than me. <laughs> that like the fact that I have this bit of knowledge about the history of the word simp, I feel so. Smart right now. Um, You've won. No, that me. really did make <laughs> me laugh. <laughs>
1: that was so funny. And like I said, I had a feeling that he meant like, oh, simpleton. Um, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> It's Just a very different it. meaning
0: now. And,
1: and funny, I I think that we would all classify Frank Burns as a simp in today's oh, lingo. Oh, absolutely. 100%, right? <laughs> Frank Burns is for sure a simp.
0: Um... <laughs> absolutely. 100%. There's never been an old character who fit the bill more than Frank Burns, I think.
1: <laughs> but anyway, to transition out of this scene, right after this, the camp starts to get the 4077 compound ready for macarthur's visit and this mm-hmm. was just <laughs> this gave us a lot uh, to talk about i feel not, yeah. not not in depth but just just a lot of things happened in these scenes that i liked
0: um i'm surprised that like hawkeye and trapper through this entire episode were just kind of like so nonchalant about it. I thought <laughs> that the conflict would be Hawkeye and Trapper do different things to like sabotage um, mm-hmm. MacArthur's visit to like make him look foolish, and it would mm-hmm. be like Frank putting in different roadblocks to stop them. Mm-hmm. But no, they're just kind of like living their their best life right now, not really giving a care in the world about any of this.
1: Yeah, I liked that though. It it seemed very. I think that either one would have seemed very them. It would have made <laughs> it would have made a lot of sense for them to have kind of tried to sabotage this visit, but it also makes sense that they were just like, "Haha, this is so ridiculous that everyone's going so crazy for this mm-hmm. general that we don't care about at all." Um I loved in this first scene where Henry, I think, and Frank were addressing everybody and saying, oh, we're gonna give you all cleaning duties and whatnot. You're each gonna have one. And Trapper was chewing gum. And I don't know why that really got me, but I thought it was so funny that he was just chewing <laughs> gum and added to this like nonchalance of him just not caring at all. And I felt like I don't know. It felt like house to me almost. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just gave house vibes and I really, I loved it. Um, also have to note, Clinger's outfits were on point in this oh, episode. Oh, they were
0: amazing this episode. We got a lot <laughs> of Clinger outfits, wide variety, some classy material too. Yeah. He looks like a darling in some of these.
1: <laughs> in the first scene where he is pointing um, this colonel who is part of MacArthur's staff to Henry's office. Um, he was wearing this beautiful floral, very springy dress. And then in this scene um, where they're getting their details, their cleaning duties and whatnot, he's wearing a jockey uniform. And he looked so good. I really loved it.
0: <laughs> Utterly fabulous.
1: <laughs> I also loved guitar guy in this scene that he oh you
0: loved guitar guy <gasps> okay
1: yeah this is this is what i also wanted to bring up this is guitar guy's last episode unfortunately oh
0: is it oh, yeah wow. yeah
1: so Guitar guy's from last... us
0: too soon i
1: know right i so i as i'm starting to warm up to guitar guy i'm like oh this is his last episode and I liked it because his song <laughs> was so goofy, but it wasn't, mm. it was not trying to be serious and it was goofy. I don't know. I just, I liked this, <laughs> I like this version <laughs> with the basically making fun of MacArthur.
0: Now that I have the real world context of who this actor is, I'm like, oh, I wish we saw more of this character. Mm-hmm. And I, unlike you, I, I liked Guitar Guy in his first episode. And second episode, I was like, okay, not not having this. But this <laughs> third one, I'm back on his side. I'm like, this is a cool kind of interesting wrinkle to have into the show. Mm-hmm. And now I find out that he's like leaving us. How, how dare he? I wanted, <laughs> I wanted 50 more songs. I wanted to find an album of Guitar Guy songs on like <laughs> YouTube. Somebody's compilation, you know? <laughs>
1: I think that he added this interesting component to the show of just like the singing surgeon. So I would have liked to see him, his character be utilized in these sporadic little bursts that we get more times in the series. And I'm really kind of sad. <laughs> I know that I came in hot against Guitar Guy, but now that it's his last episode, I'm very, I'm sad.
0: <laughs> wow, you've grown over the course of the show. <laughs> Guitar That's Guy has grown on me. <laughs> Okay so I have to mention in this getting ready for MacArthur montage there are two very pivotal Frank scenes and the first is him <laughs> burning books and this was like my god he's going so far to burn books. What did you think about this?
1: This was um kind of historical to me right because the way it's introduced is so funny because Hawkeye <laughs> and Trapper are like what are you doing and Frank just says hmm burning books like it's just the normal like, thing to do <laughs> just casually throwing books into a fire
0: <laughs> for them in 1951 or two world war ii where the nazis burned books was like mm-hmm. 10 years ago mm-hmm. so frank kind of fully knows what he's doing it's not something in an era's past you know what i'm saying and he was burning like plato and robinson caruso and norman mailer you know, not smut. It wasn't like pornography. It was like right. regular books.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. You know, because they had made reference several times to like, oh, the guys like have nudie magazines and stuff like that, and it's you know whatever. But it wasn't that. It was literally the classics. Um, Plato. How funny that! How funny that Frank was burning Plato with like the democracy stuff. That's hysterical. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this is where we have our first piece of actual, like, commentary that's more in your face. Um, When Hawkeye says, basically, MacArthur is going to come and he's going to see our camp for what it is. We're not trying to, like, change for him. He is here because this MASH unit got the best results being who we are. We're not burning books because of MacArthur coming. He's going to get us for who we are because us being us is the reason that he's coming. And so I liked that, that it was Frank and Henry wanting to portray this hyper militaristic, like always on the right foot type of thing. And Hawkeye, of course, saying, yeah, we're not doing that because that's unrealistic to who we are.
0: We're regular dudes. We're draftees kind of put here. Um, I like how they mentioned draftees specifically. Obviously mm-hmm. we know that, but you know, in context, it was just a nice reminder of like, all oh, right, nobody here wants to like be here. At least most of yeah. them don't.
1: And I think that in the next scene too, that's butting right up to this rehearsal scene that we get at the end. Mm-hmm. Um also had the echoes of that commentary as well when Hawkeye and Trapper are in the OR again and they're operating and Hawkeye calls for an orderly to move a patient that he just worked on and they say to him hey yeah all the orderlies are out scrubbing the latrine basically so there's nobody here to move this patient and it's just this pretty in-your-face irony of MacArthur coming to visit because they're such a good hospital, but then the hospital staff needing to neglect their duties because MacArthur's showing mm-hmm. up. I, I liked that. Um, I yeah. wish that we had had a little bit more of that in this episode. I think it would have made it better.
0: Yeah, and then there is in contrast to Frank Burns being so like, we have to be perfect. We have to do this, that, and the other thing. When... They go to where they think MacArthur is going to stay. Him mm-hmm. and Margaret uh, essentially have sex on his bed. It was a great like look at Frank being such a hypocrite that he is, you know, so uptight about it. But the second an opportunity arises, he's going to do maybe like the worst thing he could ever do yeah. um, within that tent. <laughs>
1: That scene was also super (laughs) weird to me. (laughs) I didn't really uh, care for that scene, (laughs) Um, but I don't think we have to go into all of that. Hyper
0: detail of that.
1: Yeah, but also, like you said, I agree with you. It's just like, okay, Frank, you want everything to be spick and span and perfect and Margaret basically the same thing. And then as soon as you have the opportunity, it's just like, oh, okay, these rules don't apply to me because... I'm regular army, so of course I get to break the rules. It's just like, ugh, this is a typical, like, Frank-Margaret hypocrisy type of stuff.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, classic.
1: Okay, so after this whole getting ready for MacArthur, they do this rehearsal scene. And I thought that this was great. What did you think about this?
0: Okay, so... Obviously, Frank continues to be very uptight. So I'm surprised that he trusted Hawkeye enough to have the camera to take this picture. Because um, <laughs> this was so... This was just such like a jerk move that Hawkeye did. Just kind of goofing around. Where he's like, alright, everybody move to the right. And take a step, like, several steps to the right. Alright, everybody take a step to the left. Take several steps to the left. And then he takes the picture. Just... Nothing accomplished, just kind of wasted 30 <laughs> seconds there. And like that is that is the big Hawkeye prank energy that I love. Like just a very simple, pointless thing to do. Very funny to me. And then Trapper's like, oh, I had my eyes closed. But he's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Top ten, honestly. Just that kind of rambunctious energy.
1: I loved that. I also loved when Frank has the bullhorn and henry screams shut up frank
0: <laughs> it's the most exasperated he's ever been
1: <laughs> he's so done it was so I, it made me laugh so hard and then i loved how i think we got this a little bit in the uh first like kind of prep scene but radar was taking it so seriously and i thought that that was actually like really sweet he was so committed to it and then he was playing general macarthur in this rehearsal. And I just, I don't know, something about Radar just being very committed and wanting the 4077 to do well when General MacArthur is here is just so cute. It reminds me that he is, you know, a young kid enlisted in the army, and this is probably a really big moment for him. And so, I don't know, I just like that.
0: I have to tip my cap to Gary Berghoff in this episode, because I thought his, like, whole performance was very good. How much he was engaged in, like, doing a good job was very funny and uh his portrayal of macarthur i thought was like amazing just like him very confidently strutting around um wearing these like sunglasses so <laughs> funny just it felt very much like i don't know like a really good sketch of of like a guy, like mm-hmm. if they're doing like a parody of MacArthur on like SNL or whatever, like this is the kind of performance that whoever would like do that would give, mm-hmm. um, which is just very funny to watch in the context of this very serious rehearsal. And you have uh, Radar giving the accidental comedy performance of a lifetime.
1: <laughs> I thought that it was also really sweet that Henry was clearly nervous during this rehearsal. And Radar was basically feeding him his lines about what to say to MacArthur when he was saying it. Um, so I just thought that that was also such a good little throw in of Henry can't get along without Radar here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Radar is really the glue that keeps this camp together. Um, I have to shout out also, loved that Klinger just came out in this uh, very traditional Asian type of dress with flowers in his hair and started kissing the pipe. <laughs> loved that. Loved that.
0: Everything with Klinger in this episode is really good because obviously he's turned up to 11 because apparently Mac- MacArthur can just discharge anybody. <laughs> so this is a golden opportunity. And just the back and forth between him and Henry of like, well, how about you take a three-day pass to Tokyo? You can get out of here. And Klinger's like, no, no, no. This is my time to shine. I've been wearing dresses (laughs) for so long. Let me live my my dreams. Um, (laughs) So funny.
1: Yeah, I loved it. And then... After this rehearsal, or actually during this rehearsal, they get word that MacArthur is coming right then and there, even though he's not supposed to be there yet. So I wanted to note in this, because this was, of course, like a very typical M.A.S.H. thing, I feel, of just having this one central thing and then it just not panning out like everybody expected it to. Very typical for the show. I wanted to note, though, that I don't know if we've addressed it yet in the show or on the podcast, but... Hawkeye doesn't salute properly. Um, Yeah, so Hawkeye, you will almost never see Hawkeye saluting properly. Uh, He always does it off of like the side of his head, as like a as like a joke type of thing. Like you know, this, (laughs) this is a podcast, so you can't see what I'm doing, but like very funny. And only in very real circumstances will he ever do like a true traditional respected salute and so i just thought that this was really funny that he was like yeah i'm gonna see general macarthur and i'm absolutely not saluting properly even though he is objectively the biggest person who you should salute he's like nah this isn't serious enough not for happening.
0: me um that's a character detail that i uh, i'm gonna look out for now because i you know i don't i'm not tuned into that but now that i know i'm gonna i'm gonna really check every time hawkeye does a salute whether or not it's a proper salute. Thank you for that detail.
1: Yeah, it gets kind of explored, I think, or more obvious later on in the show, but um, I feel like this was our first real look at the the type of like almost fake salute that Hawkeye does, and I have to say, I, being the 12-year-old who loved M.A.S.H., would do that all the time. Um, <laughs> that was just my thing, um, so you could tell that I was bullied in middle school. Anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> So, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry
0: that your <laughs> love of uh, old TV uh, like cost you a normal middle school life. It's
1: fine. Now I have this podcast.
0: <laughs> so,
1: anyway, basically this is where the show essentially ends. MacArthur mm-hmm. runs through the camp um on a jeep, basically doesn't look at anybody and just keeps on going and then at the end he sees Klinger dressed up as the Statue of Liberty and that's it. <laughs>
0: mhm. I am really surprised that for this they did show close-ups of his face. I mm-hmm. I thought it would be like entirely distant or like the back of his head. Um but yeah. this they do show like his face with sunglasses on. I was like, "Ooh, that's a that's a brave <laughs> move right there." Um but, you know, obviously there's a bit of commentary here, right? That like MacArthur doesn't actually care all that much about the mash units in Korea. Mm-hmm. He just literally drives by and it's supposed to be a grand honor. So this was like a funny anti-climax to end on, but as I said, like it's something that I expected um especially as the yeah. episode went on and there was, you know, no time left. Uh so uh I will say that the clinger outfit with him in the Statue of Liberty <laughs> and then MacArthur kind of saluting that like slightly Hilarious! Like one of the greatest <laughs> images the show has produced.
1: I think that. Well, first of all, yes, I love that. I loved the confused look on his face. He was. He was just like, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really good. I do think, like I said before, I think that if the show had wanted to, they could have. They could have dove a little bit deeper into that kind of military bureaucracy commentary. But then again, I think that. If they wanted to have this type of ending where it was like, oh yeah, MacArthur doesn't actually like care or doesn't have the time to even see these people who are making the war effort possible, um, they wouldn't have been able to do that as they did with any other general. Like, It made sense why it was MacArthur in this way. So I do have to kind of redact my previous statement. Because the episode makes sense to have it be MacArthur in this way.
0: There's a there's a give and take, right? Like, obviously, we want the most from each episode where you're like, yeah. I want to be able to dig into this and have a lot to say about it and have a lot to, you know, really think about. But also- there is a time and place where this kind of just goofy, simple ending that does say a bit, like, it's it's kind of a very clear message, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's totally fair for the show to do. Not everything yeah. needs to dig deep or, like, be a two-part episode about mm-hmm. MacArthur's, like, or an equivalent journey into the 4077th and how bureaucracy and everything sometimes a goofy sitcom episode can just be a goofy sitcom episode and that's more or less what we have here with a little bit of a punch if you're looking for it of saying like macarthur doesn't care or he doesn't have time which you know is still saying something it's just not saying it very verbosely
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I still kind of have kind of mixed feelings about this episode, but I do think that it was good for funny purposes and to have it be a little bit of a palate cleanser from the episode prior of having literally trafficking victims yeah. <laughs> uh, dealing with that. Um, so yeah, no, I'm 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 glad that this episode exists. Um, I didn't I didn't not enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. So with that do you have any favorite lines from this episode
0: I do have to mention that early when MacArthur's like on his way uh, they mention that Margaret's father like fall with him in the cavalry and mm-hmm. Hawkeye says like oh her, fa- her father was a horse did you know that and Trapper <laughs> just responds to that our engagement is off <laughs> which was so weird and I loved it <laughs>
1: I think that the humor from Hawkeye and Trapper with their little side commentary um, throughout really what was supposed to be important parts (laughs) of the episode, um, serious parts and whatnot, was so good. It was so them, and it felt like such realistic dialogue for them, too. (laughs) Um, I I loved their, I loved them in this episode.
0: We also have a bit of confirmation to our fan theory that uh henry rehearses his lines uh before saying (laughs) oh yes 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 yes. (laughs) because he says frank caesar's coming to inspect us not bury us hey that's pretty good right that just in my heart was confirmation that he really does think about all his weird little mannerisms that he throws out there (laughs) love
1: that for henry love that (laughs) So I have to shout out the iconic MASH line from this episode. Uh, We kind of glossed over it in the beginning. But when Henry finds out that MacArthur is coming... He says, North, South, East, or West. We're the mash that is the best. And Radar goes, rah, rah, rah. (laughs) Um, And I have seen that in so many mash promos, like when there's a mash marathon on. That line is uh, used so often, and I love it. So I I have seen that so many times.
0: Henry taking on the identity of cheerleader is a beautiful thing.
1: (laughs) He's the cheer captain. (laughs) Another one that I really liked was <laughs> when they were doing the rehearsal and Henry was introducing Hawkeye and Trapper. Henry says, these are my two captains. And Hawkeye says, Captain Sodom and Captain Gomorrah. He's Gomorrah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, my.
0: <laughs> oh, my. That was you good. a funny biblical reference. That is a, always a good time. And once again, we have to shout out Frank Burns. Don't be a simp. Nineteen fifty-two.
1: <laughs> Love that. Oh, what, one last one too. Um, when Frank is burning the books, we had mentioned uh, what like the Nazis burning books, and Hawkeye literally says, "Oh, any special reason, Doctor Hitler?" <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Vanessa, I hear for trivia in this episode, you have the entire history of General MacArthur uh, (laughs) ready
1: Okay, uh, no, I don't actually. Um, (laughs) but I do have a little bit of trivia about General MacArthur, um, specifically as it relates to his Korean War service and beyond. Excellent. Okay, so a little bit of background. Douglas MacArthur was born at Little Rock Barracks in Arkansas, which is a military base in Arkansas. His father was also in the U.S. Army as well.
0: So this man was just military man for life, from the moment that he he exited uh, into this world. Yeah, he was yeah. On the Military.
1: Like he had military on the brain since birth. MacArthur served with distinction in world war one and served as the chief of staff of the army from 1930 to 1935 he served as the supreme commander of the allied powers during world war ii and was the commander of the united nations command from 1950 to 1951 which was his role during the korean war um and these are just a few of the positions that he served in and held as margaret said in the episode macarthur also served in the philippines but with what she said like that timeline doesn't actually work out like there's a continuity <laughs> issue in the history of that but he did serve um in the Philippines his service was very notable in the Philippines um but it just doesn't affect our portion of the Korean War so I didn't really get yeah. into it so this is why I wanted to discuss MacArthur um because I feel like maybe for us if In our generation, we even know who MacArthur is. We might know him from World War II and the Korean War and stuff. But I feel like a lot of people our age might not know that MacArthur was actually removed from command uh, during the Korean War by President Truman for what seemed to be like a number of compounding reasons.
0: I didn't know that, I think. I know MacArthur as like the guy who's kind of the, the arbiter of the Red Scare. And you know, mm-hmm. the Red Scare nowadays is not looked back uh particularly fondly. Um, so I I know him from that. I don't really know him as like an actual human being. So hearing just this little bit about him is pretty interesting, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let me let me explain a little bit. So MacArthur's stated intention for the Korean War was to destroy North Korea, which like, okay, aggressive. <laughs> And he led a series of successful attacks in North Korea until China entered the war, and then the U.S. forces faced several big defeats. I'm really paraphrasing here. There was there was a lot of military stuff going on that would just be too much to get into. Um, You're telling
0: me you're not giving me an hour long lecture in the entire (laughs) history of the Korean War and General MacArthur right now? No, but I
1: can if uh, we all want to. (laughs) A bonus episode, perhaps on a
0: Patreon.
1: So, several world powers, including Truman himself, they were actually really worried about starting World War III and any nuclear attacks that might be involved with that. So, they basically told MacArthur to cool it with all of his aggressive uh, stuff towards North Korea. Um, Which and, is fair. Yeah. And MacArthur really didn't like this, apparently, and publicly criticized Truman, um, He apparently tried to foster support for his position of attacking and winning against communist China and also apparently secretly planned to make moves against North Korea that were counter to US policy at the time. So this man was really, really going at it. Um, By this point, MacArthur was uh, wildly popular with the American public and with Congress. So it made it really difficult for um, Truman to do anything about MacArthur's insubordination in this way. But on April 11, 1951, MacArthur was removed from his position and he subsequently retired from the army. Um, This is funny to me. In the early 60s, Truman was quoted as saying about MacArthur, I fired him because he wouldn't respect the authority of the president. I didn't fire him because he was a dumb son of a bitch, although he was. But that's not against the law for generals. If it was, half to three quarters of them would be in jail. Like, wow, Truman, tell me how you really feel.
0: That's a pretty raw quote, dude. Yeah. That's kind
1: of a lot. I for sure am in no position to comment whether that is true or not, but it's just really funny that the president of the United States would say that.
0: (laughs) Zero, zero cares in the world given who you offend with that one.
1: Um, So MacArthur went on a speaking tour uh, criticizing Truman and his administration after he was relieved of his duties um, in the Korean War. And when President Eisenhower was elected, he consulted with MacArthur about ways to end the Korean War. And then MacArthur also had um, he had a pretty notorious life after the army as well. A little bit more low key, of course, but that's that's a whole other thing. And then he passed away on April 5th, 1964, and he had one son named Arthur, who is still alive today and is 85 years old.
0: Arthur MacArthur, dude. That is a a name.
1: (laughs) Arthur MacArthur, the fourth, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ethan. So, what was your martini rating for this episode? I'm very curious because i <laughs> I don't know what mine is. I don't think.
0: <laughs> yeah, this one's hard, right? Because obviously, we're having a really good time talking about it, and like that's the best you could ask from this show, right? Um, mm-hmm. but like watching it, it was just kind of an episode that you could very much have on in the background while doing homework or having dinner and like not really paying attention and you you don't miss a lot and i feel like mm-hmm. that you want something that you want to be fully engaged with so i think i'm going to go the solid like down the middle average episode of 2.5 like that is mm-hmm. it's fine not bad not great it's fine um 2.5 i think
1: yeah i think that i agree with that objectively 2.5 for sure um I don't know. I, I, I may raise it a little bit to three. I don't know. I don't think it gets to like a solid three for me. So for sure, 2.5. I was grappling with three just because I liked that there was a little bit of commentary in there. So it wasn't completely devoid of anything that I like to see from a MASH episode um, Mm -hmm. where there was no commentary whatsoever and not even that you could like read into a little bit. It was very clearly there. I just don't think it was executed in a way that I wanted to see. So yeah, I I would say 2.5. All of that, (laughs)
0: 2.5. I think 2.5 is fair. Like 2.5, not a bad rating. Mm -hmm. On our scale- of 2.5 just means it's fine. And anything yeah. higher than that is, you know, good. You know, something we re-watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. So just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob for your about for being our technical consultant, Melissa, Vanessa's sister for our awesome cover art, and of course, our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Links to our music, social media, and contact with the show are in the description, as always. And join us next week for season three, episode 22, Payday. But until then... Please refrain from burning books. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.